Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. We are back on Speed Streets. Another week as we inch closer and closer and closer to the month of May. All the spectacle that goes along with it. We just saw cars on track for two days at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway earlier this week. Uh, thanks for being with us. Uh, this is Speed Street, hosted by myself, Joey Molinero, and Connor Daly. What's up, CD? How are you? Doing great, man. Um, it's I almost feel like we're doing a live broadcast of, of motor racing weekend because I just finished watching the Formula One sprint race. We've got NASCAR qualifying on a Talladega. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but it actually feels good. It actually feels like we're uh, like live in the arena, um, interpreting stuff as we see it. But, uh, but there was obviously a lot that we, um, that happened this week uh, and a lot of good stuff happening for this podcast too. So uh, it's all, um, it's all very exciting. Um, yeah, man, I, I think there, there was a lot to talk about in, with, about May, right? Like, I think that's, you know, this is obviously an IndyCar, this is an IndyCar based podcast. We had a lot of IndyCar stuff happening this week. We had 32 cars and then 31 because one of them, was broken for the day for day two. Um, but yeah, a lot went on. And uh, did you get to tune in on, on the Peacock uh, while you were on vacation? Bro, yes. Um, it was just glorious. I mean, I like talk about just being heaven on earth. I'm on the white sandy beaches of the Panhandle in Florida. And it's beautiful weather. And I'm sitting there with my beautiful pregnant wife on the beach, sipping on a cocktail. Um, with the, the sounds of IndyCars zooming around uh, the greatest track in the world and uh, Lee Diffie and Hench and Townsend Bell uh, in, in our ear. And it was just, I mean, there was just nothing better. Um, so I was tuned in for the whole day, both on Wednesday and Thursday. And somebody asked me about it on Friday and they're like, how, how much more excited does that get you? I was like, oh, I just, I mean, you know, it's just one of those precursors to the month, to the spectacle that makes it seem real, you know, and that it's finally here. And uh, it was a glorious, glorious thing. So I was, I was watching as you turned laps uh, each and every time that you went around on Wednesday and Thursday, and it was great. Yeah. I mean, I think the most important question right out the gate is what cocktail were we sipping on? I mean, uh, what's, what's your, what, where, what are we doing in the middle of the day on panhandle life? Is it, uh, what are we sipping on? Yeah, so it's a, it's a pretty nice setup, man. There's actually like a little uh, – it's the best, actually. There's a little tiki bar um, that is right there on the beach. Love that, a tiki bar. Yeah, that's maybe 20, 25 yards from where me and Rye set up uh, each day. Um, so, really, I've been going back and forth. Like, they have a huge menu and, and list of all these different beach drinks. And so, I've had uh, a few strawberry daiquiris. I've had um, – 
this this Italian type of cocktail. I forget what it's called, but it was very blue and tasty and delicious with a lot of rum. Um, and you these know, are all, these are all very very diabetes friendly drinks for sure. Yeah, no, you, you'd be in the clear. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, but you know, the great part about it too is that with uh, the misses expecting and me expect we're expecting. They have, they have virgin, they have non-alcoholic drinks. So I can get a strawberry daiquiri with a lot of rum and then she can get one that doesn't have any rum, but it's just as tasty and foo-foo and fun. So it's been idyllic, man. It's been great. Uh, before we get into the, the, the test, I do want to talk, you said we got a lot of good things going with the pod. We do want to remind folks who are uh, just listening or maybe new who have found us because uh, the pod is growing. Thanks for being here. Speed Street on Apple, Spotify. Be sure that if you're listening to um, subscribe, to follow us, to leave us a rating, to leave us a review that helps bump us up in the ratings and uh, keeps, you know, people coming over to Speed Street and growing this into a neighborhood like we talk about. So thank you for doing that. Now that that's out of the way, and before we get into the testing again, I got to know on your end, while I'm sipping da daiquiris on the beach, you're going to see the Beebs. How was Justin Bieber? Look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I sent this message to someone else the other day. <clears throat> I said, I didn't picture myself in my life at a Justin Bieber concert. I, I, I watched the documentaries. I, I, I watched whatever he had, whatever he put out. Uh, I saw him, you know, do street racing of Lamborghinis and get arrested and stuff like that. And I kind of respected him for it. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. That guy is talented. I had a tremendous time. I, I had a, like... <laughs> A wonderful time. I brought Kyle Kirkwood straight from the track. He still had all of his team kit on. I, I happened to get home and be able to put on a T-shirt. Um, but just a couple smelly racing fellas walking into a stadium full of 18,000 women. And, and it was unbelievable. I, I think the funniest part about it was we were out there pounding around. This is a great story, actually. But I, I saw my friend Deepu, who has been mentioned on this podcast many times. If you follow me on the internet, you see him out in the streets. Um, but my friend Deepu and our friend JR, like they had a mutual buddy that they went golfing with that day, who is a part of Justin's management team. And so apparently, like they were all out at the track. I had seen them. I was in the car waiting to go out for another run. And I see this group of humans. And one of the guys was part of Justin's management team. So I was like, that's really cool. I obviously don't have my phone in the racing car. And so when I get out of the car at like 630, they're like, hey, come downtown. We're going to Justin Bieber. I said, all right, I will definitely be there. And so we met up with this guy, incredible, a nice, nice guy. He's like, dude, what we saw at the – this is the best part about IndyCar racing and people seeing it for the first time is no one has ever said to me, you know what, I enjoyed watching badminton more, you know what I mean? Or like, I, I enjoyed watching, you know, some, like it, they, like, they were like, that is, that was the, like, that was so cool. It was insane how fast you guys were going. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, that's, you know, just a practice day. We appreciate you guys being out there. And it was, uh, it was really cool. So nice group of people. They brought us right into this uh, front of house area for the Justin Bieber show, which I thought was a very special area. And it was, it was an incredible scene. I mean, <laughs> Justin Bieber is very musically talented, and I didn't expect to be discussing this on the podcast as much, but I'm happy to give him credit where credit is due. I, I don't care what your opinion is of him, but he seemed like he was, uh, you know, a, a, a showman, and he was coming down from the ceiling a lot. He rode in on a fake plane through the ceiling. It was uh, a wild scene. He's a really great dancer, too. Yeah. Apparently. I mean, so, you know, it's funny, too, and I realized this afterwards. Me and Kyle were there, and then I got a message later that night from uh, Christian Lundergardner Smith, uh, which is not his last name, but I will always call him something different than his actual last name. But Christian Lundgard was there as well. He was like, "Bro, I was there," and he sent me a picture from his seats too. So we had a small portion of the IndyCar field at the Justin Bieber concert last night. Or not, not last night, a couple nights ago. There you go. Maybe, you know, put in a word with that guy that, uh, you know, got you hooked up with that. That's one of Deepu's boys, which, by the way, makes the most sense in the world that Deepu would have a connection like that. I mean, he has connections everywhere. Um, but, you know, hey, Justin, you want to come out for free Memorial Day weekend? See some fast cars? Have a great party? I don't know. I mean, I told him he needed to wave the green flag, but I, I didn't actually get to physically use those words and bestow them upon Justin. But, uh, I, you know, we floated the message down the line like, hey, you know what? The race is pretty neat. 
Um, however, I have a feeling that will get bounced around between about a thousand people and they'll be like, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I know with the babes, it's look like we are all around the same age. You, me, Justin Bieber. And so when he was coming of fame, when we were in early high school and everything like, you know, around that time, well, there was obviously some natural jealousy. All these girls are obsessed with, um, boy, oh, that guy sings and dances. Oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. Looks like a douche to me, blah, blah, blah. But really, it was just a bunch of jealousy. And as you get older, it's a really big burden off of your shoulders when you just finally say, yeah, Justin Bieber is pretty kick-ass, and he has good music, and he's cool, and I would hang out with him. I would hang out with him easily if he wanted to. The guy has a lot of bangers. I'm not going to lie. Like I, And I have never heard – the crowd noise that I heard when he played a couple of his old classic bangers. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was awesome. Like, I'm not going to lie when you, and you know, here's, this is again, something that I don't believe, but Kyle Kirkwood spotter was there and, uh, and he was there the year before. And he's like, bro, that was the same crowd noise that happened when you took the lead. I said, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, I was like, there's no way 18,000 women at max full pipe were like, uh, louder than that but it does it's again a very appreciative thing i wish i could have had some sort of recording device to, to re retain the decibel levels of that event well i wouldn't sell yourself short man i mean i was there that day uh, last may and you know imagine if there would be a roof over ims imagine if you know we're talking open air there and it was that loud of a roar so you're you know you go into gamebridge Fieldhouse, and it's the closed air and you get everything packed together He's got an advantage with the roof. It's like the old RCA dome, you know, when the cold. The RCA dome. <laughs> that's, that's the difference right there. So don't don't sell yourself too short there, my man. But that's awesome. I, uh, and you guys are with Greg Oden? What, 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 what is uh, it? Yeah, again, Greg Oden, uh, incredibly talented basketball player, like former NBA, like the tallest man I've ever known in my life. And the funniest thing is, is that man might have had the best night of his life at, uh, at this show. He was singing all, along to every song. And the guy, big white wine guy, who would have thought? But, uh, I mean, Greg Oden, nicest guy. He, he used to train at the same gym that I did for many years. And I never – I only met him in passing once. And I kind of – I went up to him. I was like, yeah, man, like, I, we met a long time ago in, at the gym. He's like, oh, my gosh, I thought you looked familiar. I was like, years ago, my friend, years ago. But, yeah, nice guy. Had an incredible time. Was out with us all night. Uh, big Justin Bieber fan. And he was uh, – and I was – it's the most random group of people ever. And I, there's definitely a photograph of this group. And it reminds me that I do need that photograph of all of us because I would, I will definitely post it on the internet and be like, is this the most random group of humans you've ever seen together at one, at one time? You, Deepu, Kyle Kirkwood, Greg Oden. Yep. That's and it. then, okay. and Justin, Justin's manager and Kyle Kirkwood's spotter and Deepu and. <laughs> that That's pretty up there. Yeah. I, I'd say so. But. Sounds like a phenomenal picture. Sounds oh, yeah, for sure. So it was it was a great I'm, – I'm just glad we were able to make it. And I um, I just – I think there's there's so much energy in this city right now because guess what? There was a Bon Jovi concert the night before the Justin Bieber concert too. And there was – people are running around the city. I heard some bad things events. about that. I heard some bad things about that concert. See, I didn't – I don't know. I just – I was just having dinner at Prime Downtown and I saw a bunch of people going to Bon Jovi. Yeah, man, my uh, my in-laws were there actually, and you know, because they're they're children of the '80s, so they're like that's right up their wheelhouse, you know. And um, so they were there, and they said it was no bueno. They said, "Oh, old, they said old Bon Jovi's kind of lost it. He's kind of lost his uh, fastball." Oh no, yeah. that's that's tough to see, man. I mean, it, you know, it it is what it is these days. That I'm surprised. I didn't even know they were still out doing concerts. I know. Yeah. Randall that Bieber was there too. I thought I was like, it kind of just popped up. I didn't even, whatever. Indy's uh, popping right now. Yeah, uh -huh. it is, man. It is. And like I said in the intro, we're inching closer to May. We're just about there. And let's get in. We're, we're, we're a motorsport podcast. Let's hop into some racing talk. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, this week, the tests, back-to-back days, plenty of hours, plenty of laps being put down at IMS. Uh, great day for you on Wednesday. Finished, wrapped up P2 for the day. Uh, right? So they, just tell us, what, what, how did you think it went? Um, what were your initial thoughts from from being back out there for one of the first times uh, leading up to May? Yeah, man. I mean, I think it, it's definitely good to discuss this, and we can discuss a little bit of NASCAR afterwards, Formula One that's happening this weekend too, but we'll get right into the IndyCar stuff for now because we are IndyCar people. But I, I had a great time out of the track. Um, two days that the weather didn't really want to, you know, cooperate with us at the beginning. Like, if you think about how wild Indiana is – on Monday, it snowed here, and yesterday, Friday, it was 80 degrees. Like, it was uh, a wild um, turn of events. But thankfully, you know, once we got everything uh, dried out on the Wednesday, uh, we were able to get out there. And obviously, cool track conditions, which are a little bit different. But, um, but the race was also a cool, a cool race last year. So people, I think, got to remember that you never know what race conditions you will experience at IMS. Could be the hottest day of the year. Could be cold. You know, I, I, I had a person tell me last night, oh, I remember in 1992 when we were wearing winter jackets watching the Indy 500. You know what I mean? So you got to be ready for anything. And it's, uh, it's something that you can, pretty, you can tell pretty quickly as well how, you know, how quick, what, what raw speed your car has. And I'm not going to lie, I felt a very similar feeling with our car this year um, that I had last year. Uh, you know, it, it toes up really well. It, it's, it's got great suck power, as, uh, as it sounds weird to say, but it sucks up really well. Hell Gotta yeah. love the suck power, yeah. Um, and it's, it's – I mean, this team, being with Ed Carpenter Racing at the Speedway, they obviously know what's successful, um, and, and they're very, very confident in it. Um, and, you know, to have three cars, Ed Carpenter, Renus VK, obviously guys who are – you know, extremely fast at the speedway and and Renus is just, you know, just on his third Indy 500. So um, it it, it was good, man. We just got to work through things, right? You have a list of test items. You have a a list of things that worked last year. And thankfully, you know, it's actually a pretty consistent rule book this year compared to last year. Last year, we had a few different things to try for the floor when it comes to downforce. Uh, We had some things to add to help kind of improve the racing, grip cars up a little bit. Um, but this year is very similar to last year. So it's actually quite a consistent back to back. Uh, and you know, it, it's always very encouraging to get out on a track and be like, Hey, this car does feel very similar to last year. And I, and I feel competitive. Um, I think also one thing that was different as well as the track surface, the track surface, we could talk to Doug Bowles about it too, but, uh, there was a, you know, sealant put on the track and also the, uh, you know, the, the, the pit warmup lanes. Um, and the sealant, it, it looks odd at first. The track looks a little bit darker. I don't know if people noticed that in the broadcast, but it's because of what they treat the track with to basically keep the, the pavement in, you know, in a good condition over the winter. Um, and it, it actually seemed to have a, a slight bit more grip, I would say, um, than, than last year. So, and we're talking tiny, tiny percentages, but once we got out there and ran, I was like, all right, this, you know, this, the, the car feels strong. So that's always nice to have a hair a bit more grip, but the pit warm-up lane seemed to have way less grip. And yeah, we saw some, we saw some chaos start breaking out. The first thing that happened right out the gate on the, uh, on the, on the, on the install laps, which, which never happens, but we were going out on the install lap. Everyone at the beginning of the test session, we all go out just to go through all six gears and then down the gears to make sure everything's put in the car correctly, everything, everything's functioning correctly before we go run. That's why you see all the cars go out for one lap and come straight back in the pits. And our boy Alex Rossi spun coming out of the pit lane. And I was like, that's – when they said that on the radio, I said that might be the funniest thing I've ever heard. And Because <laughs> I, I can only imagine Alex – was hating what was going on. And I talked to him afterwards. He's like, yeah, I have no idea what happened. I, I steered wheel was straight and I just spun around. And I was like, that's, that's a crazy amount of, you know, surprise, lack of grip. So 
there was clearly something off right from the get-go, but we all, I was kind of, you know, trying to be a little bit conservative leaving pit lane. And then all of a sudden, I mean, I, I was out on track when both of the wrecks happened, Elio and, um, and, and Colton and Will. Uh, and, you know, we're coming around turn one. All of a sudden, my spotter's like, oh, car in the wall, turn two. And I'm like, oh, wow. But I'm driving around, and I see the tire marks, and I was like, how did he get there? <laughs> and then I see the replay, and it was coming out of the pits. And just such an interesting scene that these guys, you know, some of the veterans of all people, you know, Will Power and Elio Castroneves, um, you know, spinning in, in the pit lane. So uh, wild, just something new at IMS, right? I guess there's always something new at IMS, but – this, this definitely was the new challenge for day one was getting out of the pit lane, which seemed crazy. Now, has that been – like, how does that translate into May? Is that beneficial to obviously experience something like that for the testing so you have that knowledge going into May, or does it not translate at all? So here's what I think is going to happen. Normally, like on race weekend and, uh, you know, during uh, our race pit stops, we are full throttle from when we – leave the pits off the pit speed limiter all the way around the warm-up lane onto the back straight in three. Um, and because you want to obviously try to make up as much time as possible and not lose anything to the cars that are doing 225 and you're kind of just getting up to speed. So it changes a lot if that doesn't get back to that level of speed, but also I think it will grip up. I, I do think that once we keep running, we have, an entire week of practice almost to leave that pit box and to get out there thousands of laps to be done. And, uh, and I do think it will improve for sure. Um, but, but it obviously caught some people out and super dangerous place to spin too. I mean, people like we saw a lot of crazy onboard videos that, that, that Colton was posting, Will Power was posting. I mean, it is the most dangerous place to spin on an oval is, uh, is, is the warm-up lane without a doubt. And, um, and, and, and thankfully we were able to miss, you know, a couple large accidents because if willpower spins up into that train of cars doing 225 miles an hour, that's really dangerous. So thankfully they were able to, uh, you know, not get hurt obviously, but also kind of contain that situation and, and, uh, and figure it out for the next day. I, I don't think we should have cut the day one short. I really don't. Um, I think just tell the drivers, Hey, let's be a little careful coming out of, out of the pit lane. But uh, obviously, you know, IndyCar and the safety group, they were like, all right, let's just figure it out. We got a, we got a whole other day tomorrow. And, uh, and so that's what they did. They, they started dragging tires, doing a little bit of grip, grip, grip-o-meter tests on the, uh, the warm-up lane. Um, but realistically, you know, we got to be smart as drivers ourselves to be like, hey, if the pit lane is crazy loose, let's just get out of there for now and get on the track because on track it was fine. So yeah. I think that it, it was tough to see a lot of people struggling with that and having a day cut a little bit early for that that onboard video from Colton was absolutely insane and I'm glad that well obviously glad that everyone was okay like you said um but I'm glad that it got the traction that it did online I mean I, that, that pretty much went viral Colton's clip and I gotta tell you man I've watched that back probably eight to ten times I still haven't seen Will's car so I don't know how how <laughs> Colton is seeing Will's car when I can't even see it on the, on, you know, on the, on the replay uh, from the onboard. I mean, just absolutely insane and a great visual uh, for what you guys do and just how dangerous and fast and insane it is what you guys do, because I just still can't figure out how he was able to dodge him. Well, the and, and you're right. The video went viral, right? And that's what we need in IndyCar. I think the interesting thing about it is, I wish it was higher quality. <laughs> That's the only thing. Like, I, 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 these all you see all these videos. Every test session in Formula One, everyone has their onboard cameras on, and like, I wish the official IndyCar onboard cameras were on because Colton always has one, right? Um, but we also have the lower quality cameras that every car has. Um, but sadly, it wasn't a great uh, view. But when you see it and you see his hands, you're like, oh my gosh, and. Every single driver from NASCAR, I feel like, was tweeting about it like, this is insane, because it is. And also, the fact that he was able to spin that sucker around before smashing the wall was wild also. You know what I mean? So, I think it was great that he didn't get to damage his car. Obviously, he was running the next day. Elio was not quite as lucky. Elio slapped that wall, and he wasn't able to come back. But, but yeah, to see the video 
of Elio and then Marcus Erickson as well trying to dodge them. I mean, it, it just goes to show you how quick things can happen at IMS. I mean, things are just – I mean, at, at 225 miles an hour, laser beam focus. And, and you got to be able to react. And those cars are already on edge. Um, and, and to be able to, you know, hunker them down and slow them down to avoid a bunch of spinning, spinning humans – is uh is crazy so i i I thought glad everyone got hurt glad everyone didn't get hurt um but i'm also glad that those videos shot through the internet because we need all the help we can get as we've talked about here on the podcast to make people aware that indycar is a real thing (laughs) and and i think like townsend bell said it really well on the peacock coverage because they were taking twitter questions i mean they were on air for like six hours a day so you know they're Plenty of laps to go around and plenty of things to talk about. Or you had to fill time. You just had to. And so they're taking some Twitter questions. And one of them was something along the lines of, you know, when you're doing these laps with them being testing and kind of practice laps, you know, for the viewer, it can seem kind of uh, monotonous. You know, it can seem kind of uh, like you're just doing the same thing over and over again. So they were kind of like, how do you make fo- – how do you maintain focus as a driver doing that? And, and Townsend was like, look n- – you just have to one, but this track, you, it, you owe it to this track. And like this track deserves that kind of attention every single second that you are behind the wheel. Uh, because like we saw, I mean, if Colton is just taking 0. 0.1, 0.2 seconds of a mental lapse, who knows how bad that could have been. And thankfully yeah. it wasn't. Um, so I thought Townsend said that really well, but yeah, yeah I mean, uh, some of the results, like, Jimmy Johnson. I mean, I felt like old Jimmy Johnson was looking pretty strong out there. What do you think? Yeah, I think what's interesting is what you mentioned. People think that, you know, we're just kind of driving around there for practice. I got into it with some idiot on Instagram comments last night about, oh, I think oval racing looks pretty easy for you guys in practice. And, like, I much prefer wheel-to-wheel action or road courses. I said, well, you're an idiot, first of all, because you don't (laughs) understand. Like, if, if, if you look at it with your eyes and you're like, oh, that's easy then how, how on earth can you actually think that you don't know how to do it, nor have you ever done it, that you're going to say that is simple? Guess what? I don't understand baseball, but I know it's hard to do all of those things and hard to hit a ball at a hundred miles an hour that's coming at your face. But I'm, and I would never disrespect any of those sports. Guess what else is hard? Literally anything that you have to do professionally, right? And, and people just don't understand. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I hate, and normally, not to get, you know, a little bit back into that fan base bias, but it's always European Formula One fans who are like, oh, yeah, bore, oval racing is, is easy, it's boring. And I'm like, literally ask Fernando Alonso what he thinks. Ask Roman Grosjean what he thinks. Like, ask any of us. Like, oval racing is actually – some of the probably the most difficult racing that we do all year Uh, even in practice like even in practice yes we're not out there competing for a trophy but I promise you you know these cars are at their limits because we have to figure out where those limits are and we have to figure out how to push them we're at the limit and then we come in we go to our pit box and we talk to our engineer here's how we get to the next limit you know what I mean here's how we improve our car to get to that next level to where you can be riding the limit at half a mile an hour faster. So I, I, I have no time for people who discount oval racing because even in IndyCar or NASCAR, NASCAR is obviously a little bit different, but for our cars with no power steering, with absolute, uh, you know, insanity when it comes to speed, especially at IMS, um, it's just something that is so difficult. And even on those days where it's just open testing for the last two days, we got six hours of peacock coverage. You know, that it, those laps are important for us. And I tell you what, we are on the limit trying to figure it out. I think we, we reserve a little bit because we're obviously not racing for anything. We're not going to be making those last-minute passes. Um, but, yeah, there, there's definitely some, uh, you know, maximum importance to those days. And, uh, and it's tough out there. You just goes to show you by how many, you know, how many wild things were going on while we were on track over the last couple of days. Well, they just – I mean, yeah, when I hear something like that, for me, it's just as simple as they just haven't seen it with their own two eyes. Yeah, uh, you, and, you, and they probably won't. You, you, you know, you spend a day at IMS, whether it's practice, um, whether it's qual- definitely qualifying, you know, or, or, or especially the race. 
it's going to change real quick how easy you think it is uh, because you're sitting there on that straightaway, man. If you're going underneath that tunnel right there underneath the yard of bricks, you can't even see the cars. You just hear them. And that's how fast they're going. So uh, to me, it's just, yeah, people who just are, are ignorant, who ha- haven't seen it, refuse to see it. And if they saw it one time, it would definitely change. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. But it, you know, overall, a, a great couple days. Um, you know, first day we were second quick, obviously. Uh, I, I would say, you know, I'll, I'd like to go maybe through a power rankings of, uh, of where we think people were. Uh, you mentioned Jimmy Johnson as well. I think Jimmy's going to be fast. Uh, I didn't get to run around him too much uh, on track, but uh, got to run around a couple of the McLarens, got to run around a couple of Penske cars. Um, I would say right now, uh, the Penske cars look good. I saw Joe. I never got to run around with Scott, our boy Scotty, but Joseph and Will look good. Um, I would say uh, the McLarens look quick. Uh, Pato and Felix, particularly, I rode with uh, Juan a little bit and talked to him afterwards, and he said, talking to John Pablo Montoya, our, our buddy Juan Pablo Montoya, is, is, is really a trip every time. I, I think that guy is a personality that really needs to be in the Hall of Fame of everything, just life and racing. And, I mean, just the way he describes that, I'm like, hey, man, how'd your day go? He's like, awesome. Like, we just, I think, I think we're great. <laughs> and he doesn't care that, you know, he was P32 on the list. He's like, I don't care. And he's like, guess what? It doesn't matter at all what the results are on the testing, right? But if you, if you figure out, you know, a few things that make your car great when you come back there, like I, I, the funniest thing about Montoya last year, no one ever talked about him, and not 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 even a little bit. I feel like guy finishes in the top ten in the race, and you're like, oh well, there's Montoya having another great day, you know, at the Indianapolis Speedway. So old John Pablo, old John Pablo, but uh, but De- Felix looked really fast. I think the two McLarens were were solid. Um, I didn't run around too many of the nasty cars. I, I I messed around with Alex Pelot for a little bit. We kind of passed each other a few times. Uh, the Andretti cars did a ton of laps. Um, oh. I ran with Alex actually quite a bit and, and Alex looked quick, but we kind of shuffled positions a little bit. Um, Colton ran with Colton a little bit. I would say some of the, I would say even our Callum Eilat looked quick. I think his car was, he always ended up behind me doing his quick laps for some reason and, uh, found him out there a couple times. Um, but that car actually looks quick, like raw speed wise. Uh, and then I think the Ray Hall cars looked they, they were surprising. I, I think they didn't – maybe they weren't letting us know what they had yet, but it looked like they were a little bit on the struggle bus more so than other teams. But don't know what's going on in there. We always know Graham's going to show up with a good wagon. And, uh, you know, Jack Harvey's been quick at the Speedway before too. So, And Christian Lunder-Gardnerstein is, uh, is going to be – you know, he's going to have a whole experience as a rookie there as well. Um, but yeah, there, there, it was, it was interesting to see from day one to day two as well, the speed increase. I mean, Joseph getting a massive toe lap up to 229. I mean, that's yeah. quick. That's a quick lap. Yeah, for sure. Um, Joseph's coming for it. And he said it after Joseph looked good after Long Beach, you know, he was already thinking about the Bjorg Warner and, and we know that, you know, Penske wasn't, wasn't the best, uh, go for him in 2021 at uh, IMS in the month of May. Um, so that's been their whole year-long mission, obviously, is to, is to bring it and bring it hard uh, during the month of May. And, and Joseph looked good. He's continued to look good. Congrats to him and, and uh, Ashley on the baby of their – or the birth of their new baby, Coda. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Very happy for them. That's great. Uh, One of the funniest things on that, and you, you'll probably experience this soon, obviously, because you have a pregnant lady – but Joseph's description of childbirth might have been the funniest thing that I've ever heard in my life. And no one will ever hear it publicly, but jo- Dad Joseph is here. And Dad Joseph is fully locked in. And uh, I respect the hell out of that guy because his, uh, I mean, just, he's, I can tell he's pumped. You know what I mean? And he's got a, yeah, I mean, his, his wife's obviously a superhero. Um, but yeah, congrats to them. Joseph describing childbirth on the way to the driver's meeting on, on Wednesday morning was something I will never forget. And I'm happy for those two, for sure. He's got a quick wagon out there too. Joseph is fast. I think Joseph looks like he's going to be one of the guys. And I mean, he always is, but at Indy, you know, maybe this is the year. 
I hope not because I want to win, but right. we'll see. Yeah, yeah. So did that – did, did Broseph's uh, tell, retelling, did that deter you away from wanting to uh, be a father yourself, or what, what was the, the scene there? Oh, no. I mean, I'm going to be a dad eventually at some point, but uh, it was just – I mean, Joseph describing things when he's being truly honest is, is a great – is just a great time. And so I respect uh, – respect his honesty and his joy uh, a joyful father for sure so uh it's going to be cool to uh to see that child probably uh become the most successful child that's ever been a child uh and then end up you know ruling the free world in a great way maybe who knows <laughs> i know dude it's tough i'm like shit now my boys gotta compete with <laughs> the new garden kid and they might even go to school together bro i mean what it's that's crazy I know. It's, I'm like, geez, man, we could have timed this out better. I, yeah, my boys <laughs> have to look at Coda forever. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. It'd be great. Super happy for them. But yeah, dude, uh, Pinsky's look good. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, yeah, I mean, that was a lot of broadcast time to him, of course. Um, Peacock did a great job, I think. I think Peacock was – it's cool to see that, that you know, that our, our stuff was being broadcast. I think a lot more people were watching it than I expected. Um, and it, it's, it, it also just goes to show how important this event is because I think people were getting real, a little bit more aggressive on day two than I expected – we saw Grosjean almost hit the wall. We saw Devlin Francesco almost hit the wall, maybe even scraped it a little bit. Um, people were pushing. And I, I think there was one time when I got deep into a pack of cars and I wanted to, you know, my team told me to pit, but I stayed out because I was like, oh, this is a good pack of cars to get with. And then everyone almost crashed into turn one. And my, my team manager, Tim, said, yeah, that's why I told you to pit. I said, yeah, but I mean, I get it. <laughs> but like, I got to, like, we got to try to get in traffic here. So. Right. It was, uh, you know, it, it got a little hairy out there a little uh, occasionally, um, but that's what it's all about. You got to try to find the limits, and there was a lot of cool stuff. I mean, I, I could talk, you know, detail into detail about everything that, that took place out there. You know, we tried, a, a, you know, a few different things to, you know, see, all right, what's our single car speed like? What's our, you know, traffic speed like? And, uh, and I think our cars are strong. We got three solid wagons. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it, the one thing that it is hard is now going from IMS practice back to barber. <laughs> like, like now we're going, all right, I'm like fully locked into Indy 500. And then you're like, all right, well now we're going to Alabama. Right. So, Look at that. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a tough, it's a bit of a tough transition. Um, but, uh, but I, I'm excited for barber. We had a great car there last year. I think we got, you know, a little bit, um, confused on uh, on on strategy but uh but yeah i think we'll be we'll be in a decent spot and uh and yeah now we got a full weekend of motor racing ahead of us here with nascar and formula one yeah dude got uh talladega watching as we sit currently which will definitely change but you got martin truex kurt bush bubba wallace always strong on the super speedways up there uh top three qualifying right now I don't believe our boy Chase Briscoe has has uh, run his ride out there yet, but uh, looks you know like what I find I find really interesting about these super speedways. You look at some of the onboard videos for these NASCAR guys um, because tracks like this are just so massive, and there's not really a ton of driving that affects how fast you go. It's all about aerodynamics, right? So there's a couple guys that are holding their hand up by the uh, window net to create some sort of an arrow. They go to the wind tunnel and they tell drivers to put their hands in there or they, they put some sort of a something in there to create less drag. Right. And it's fascinating that that might affect it. Right. You got people that are putting their hands up for the entire qualifying lap to try to create some sort of an arrow, uh, arrow efficiency change. And that's, you know, that's obviously something that we can't do in IndyCar, but if there was something to do with our hands in IndyCar to help aerodynamics, our, our teams would find it, and that's what these guys are doing. So it's really interesting. Talladega is obviously one of the most fun races to watch in, in the Cup Series. Look, see, there, I'm watching Chase Briscoe right now. He's got his hand out the window doing something with the aerodynamics. 
Who knows if it's going to pull off? But I can't wait for that race. He's out there as we speak, and, you know, they had that crazy, crazy finish at Bristol last weekend, uh, which we haven't even gotten to talk about yet. Yeah, I mean, what were your thoughts on what went down at Bristol in that final lap there with Chase, um, with Tyler Reddick, who, which I bet on both of them, and so I was feeling the pain. Oh. Um, Kyle Busch sneaks his way in there, uh, which I found funny. I'm sure a lot of people did, too, because Kyle Busch is the ultimate, you know, go crazy on Alex Bowman, call people <laughs> hacks, and then, hey, if he takes a checker, he's perfectly fine with it, right? Well, that's why you go to got to go with the, the top three, you know what I mean? Just bet them all to finish in the top three. <laughs> Who knows? Then you got some coverage. But, yeah, honestly, thought it was a great race. Uh, the dirt was, you know, the, with the rain and the weather, it did seem like it was the longest NASCAR race in the history of NASCAR. Um, but I watched all of it. Like, I was there for it. Uh, I wanted to go to sleep early, but I obviously could not because I wanted to stay up and watch the finish. And I, I honestly think the weather probably helped them. It seemed like the track was a good racetrack. Um, I only know a little bit about dirt racing, but, uh, the, you know, the guys were able to race. And, you know, they got up to the top line. You know, people tried to uh, use the bottom as well. And, yeah, I mean, Tyler Reddick, I thought that, that poor guy – Tyler Reddick reminds me of the Vitor Mira of the IndyCar series. Vitor Mira finished second like a hundred times, I feel like, and never won. I still I, like it was, Vitor was always finishing second, and Tyler's got a ton of second place finishes right now, and I really hope he does get a win um, because I thought he was going to win for sure. I thought early on in the week Tyler was the guy, uh, and then Tyler and Chase coming down to the end, I thought it was a great finish. I thought Chase – just misstepped a little bit, right? You try to throw that slide job at the last second. I feel like T Tyler had to know what was coming. I feel like two of them could have done things slightly different, but in the end, that's what happened. You had two cars trying to win the race, and uh, I, I, I thought Tyler was almost able to get it out of turn four. But, um, but yeah, Kyle Busch snuck through. But I, I think those guys respectfully handled it after the race. I think NASCAR was hoping they would have punched each other in the throat about 100 times so they could make it on SportsCenter. Um, but uh, there were no throat punches. Uh, I think the crew guys looked like they wanted to throat punch each other. But, uh, but yeah, it was two, just two good drivers doing some good racing. And, I thought, and obviously the TV ratings as well for them were absurd. So yeah. maybe Easter Sunday afternoon is the right time to race. Ain't bad, man. Yeah, not bad at all. And, uh, yeah, Chase, he's a classy guy. You know, he's a good dude, classy dude. He's, uh, he's going to handle it that way. Wasn't surprised about that at all. But, yep, Talladega qualifying right now as we record. And, obviously, tomorrow, uh, what, 3, 3.30, something like that. Always right around there um, on Fox. So, I'll be oh, yeah. out here in Florida. It'll be great. All right, you want to get to some listener questions? Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into some questions. Yeah, there was a lot of questions on Twitter, I thought, which was which was good. Do you have them all there? Well, yeah, I got them on Instagram. And I got, uh, let's start with, um, let's start with, uh, Thally, what is this? It's, it's our boy from, uh, <laughs> it's our boy from Follow the Money Pod. Um, if you guys could be any cartoon character, not a superhero, who would you be? That's a great question. Any cartoon character? Well, I liked Rocket Power growing up. You ever watch the show Rocket Power? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Wiggity, 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 wiggity. Yeah. Great show. Um, I would like to be a kid in Rocket Power. Uh, either that or, yeah, I mean, Rocket Power, they're not superheroes, but they're, they're, they seem like a cool bunch of kids. So, yeah. I'm going to go Peter Griffin. All right. Peter's just always, you know, getting into some shenanigans, drinking beers with his buddies, pissing off the wife. It's, it's essentially my life now, just not in cartoon version. So, <laughs> Peter Griffin. Now, that's always fun. Um, let's go from hounds and horsepower. Thoughts on passing aids like push to pass or DRS? Cool? Are they needed? Are they a gimmick? Thoughts? I think DRS is, 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 is too aggressive. I think – if DRS was half of what it was, it probably wouldn't get the job done, but it would make it slightly more difficult. I think F1, though, the amount of aerodynamic power that those guys have, they have to have it that dramatic or else no one's going to pass anyone. Um, because realistically, if you, if you look at it now, the, almost the only way people are making passes in Formula One is with DRS or right at the start. 
or if, you know, someone's on really, really old tires, they're going to make it happen no matter what. Um, but, uh, but I, I do like our push to pass system. I think that is a, I would say it's a slightly more effective system. Um, because if you're on it, the other guy's on it, but if you time it maybe a second better than he does, then you're still going to get that run. Um, so yeah, it, it's an interesting thing, but I, I do think we need it as a sport. I think that's important. Um, and I think the series, you know, IndyCar is certainly always trying to help us, uh, you know, figure out ways to, to make the racing better. From, uh, let's see, from Skowalsk, 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 that's it, Skowalsk. Can Andretti F1 team finally field an American driver and get Joey into F1? Well, I said on Friday, and I've been saying for a long time, yeah, I mean, if, if young Colton Herta is the guy to go over there, I will absolutely watch every race, pull for our friend, and, uh, and get into F1. Until that time, I'm not fully into it. But, but Connor, what, what are your thoughts on the timeline? Do we know? Honestly, that's exactly how you should be, Joey, I think. Uh, we want to support our American guys. We're hometown hero uh, guys here. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think America's support for Formula One goes up another massive amount uh, if Colton Hurd is in there or, you know, any, any strong young American driver. But I think Colton would be the guy because he is very, very talented. It would be hard to say – uh, you know, put in a rookie, rookie, rookie American because you don't really know if they can, you know, they don't, don't really know if they can do it yet. But we know Colton can do it. He can, he can rip on the racetrack. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think it, until Colton gets there, and I really hope it happens, even, even Michael Andretti was throwing out a funny tweet today with the F1 ownership. McLaren tweeted a giant photo of all the F1 team principals. And, uh, and I think the question was, who'd like to join? And Michael said me. So I hope they can organize that. I really do um, because Michael would be a great F1 team owner, I think. And I think uh, that would be pretty cool for the United States of America in general. From Benton 15, do we know the schedule for qualifying Sunday? Is it just fast nine or fast nine and practice? That is a great question. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys have the, the cool down the practice afterwards at like five or four. Right? Yeah. So I, what I think is going to happen uh, which I, I obviously has not been announced yet, but um, there's there's a difference between the cars in qualifying trim and race trim. So they're trying to respect the teams that are really going for the you know for the pole and for the you know optimum qualifying position. It takes a while to swap the cars over from uh, you know qualifying boost and horsepower to uh, race setup as well, adding a bunch of downforce pieces on. So there will be a practice, I believe, at some point. Uh, but I don't know when, but they're definitely also trying to fit the qualifying into a TV window. So the, the, the TV window for NBC on the Sunday is going to be the priority. So that's kind of what, what happens now. And then I think, you know, the practice on Monday might come back as well for us, which would be great. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, I like this one from Alyssa going besides the actual race. What's your favorite part of May and Indy? That's a great question. I mean, I don't necessarily like the, like the qualifying spectacle is awesome. And like, you know, getting, finishing your four laps and rolling up there to take the cool photograph on the, on the start finish line. I mean, that's just such a historic moment and it feels special every time, even though I've hated my qualifying times every single time I've rolled up there. <laughs> um, but I think the, 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 the main part of May that's just super exciting away from the racetrack is just how hyped everyone is around the town. Right. And you're just, you, honestly, you feel like a superhero for a month. Like it's, it's really cool. Like it's, it's something that, you know, you can, uh, truly soak in, you know, the, the, the years that you've put in as a driver to make it as a professional to the top level, to the biggest race in the world. Um, and, and people really respect that around, around this city for that month of May, because realistically people all around the United States do understand and know about the Indy 500. They, they might not know about the Barber Alabama race, but like they know that, you know, the Indy 500 is the Indy 500. So uh, that's, that's what's so cool about it is just the, 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 the elevation of, of our sport during that month and, and how exciting it is to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that, like you said, the energy that is palpable that you can feel, um, you know, as each day goes by in May, you can feel it growing and growing. And then the closer and closer you get to the speedway, 
the more and more you can feel it as well. It's, it's really, really cool. You know, May 1st, if you're on Circle City, you're like, yeah, it's May. This is great. I can feel it coming. I'm excited. But then you get to, you know, May 20th, May 21st, May 25th. And if you start making your way more and more out there towards the speedway, it's just this all encompassing. It just wraps around you. You can feel it. Um, aura. Man, an aura. Yeah. That and, and, and the pride, you know, the, the pride that, um, anybody who is from Indianapolis, who's from Indiana, who uh, has grown up with it or is new to it, you know, I'm still fairly new to it myself. Uh, you know, the pride that you take in it is really, really cool too. So I'd say that was mine. Um, from Cree Cupido, can Joey please do a Connor Daly impression? It would be quote, ah. it would be quote incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd say I just, you know, use a lot of adjectives, um, some, <laughs> some, some, some big adjectives describing human beings and do this with your hand a lot right here. Yep. <laughs> That's what you got. I don't know why I do those things with my hand, but I, uh, you know what it is, what it is. But it's all about the adjectives. It's all about describing things and using words that people don't normally use. And then you got me on lockdown. Let's do a few from Twitter here uh, to wrap up. A couple of good Twitter questions for sure. We appreciate that. Yeah, let's go. Um, okay, let me get into the replies here. Um, let's see. <laughs> Connor, who would play you in a movie and why is it Sean William Scott? <laughs> Do you agree with that, Joey, first of all? I think that's a pretty good – yeah, I think that's a pretty good cast. Really good, actually. Uh, I think he's kind of got the voice inflection already, and he, he's um, – some similar features on the face with the eyes and kind of the – yeah, yeah, I like that. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, I don't – you know what? Sean William Scott, that could be great. But I once had my friends uh, – there, there was a housekeeper at my friend's house – and she said that I looked like Matt Damon. And I don't know why she might be wrong, but every time I went to his house, she said, hey, Matt Damon. <laughs> I don't know if I was like the bearded ginger version of Matt Damon or what, but that was a very massive compliment. And uh, I've still not heard that from anyone else, but I'm going to take that and I'm going to put that away and store it away in my, uh, my thoughts. Yeah, I'd say, you know, like 2002, Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt's okay, been up yeah. there a little bit. Matt, Matt, Matt's he's in his 50s now, so I don't know if he could pull it off as well. There are still some similarities, but I think Sean William Scott's got that youthful look. I like that. That's a really good casting. I'll take uh, it. Um, from Joseph Hall, how similar or different are your three cars set up in past years? Do you at times copy a setup? So a lot of the times, like when you when there are not different aerodynamic rules, right? Like so, from this year. Um, this year to last year, right? We can basically show up with exactly what I raced last year, right? And then, and, and a lot of what we, what we did is, uh, you know, is show up with something that we know, right? And, and that's easy to do. You want to, you want to show up with all of our cars in a similar window so you can kind of see which, you know, what, what speed level you're at and then kind of adjust from there. So it's very, very, there's no need to show up to IMS with, uh, you know, throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it, unless unless you had a, an awful year the year before, um, but we had a great year last year. So, you know, we know that our our wagons are quick, and uh, it felt the same here this time. All right, man, you want to do random mini five hundred driver? Oh yeah. Well, first of all, we got to talk a little bit about F one because we had a great sprint race today. Max Verstappen won the sprint race, which is going to be awesome. Imola, tough racetrack overall. I don't know if there's – I just uh, – the overtaking is tough there, but it was a better ending to the race than I expected. So, who knows what will happen in the uh, in the main race tomorrow. But, um, it, I, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, Formula One is, is – is, I mean, it's not my most exciting track to watch, but it's going to be great. So, also, interesting thing that you mentioned about the random Indy 500 driver of the week. Someone yeah. tweeted us – I don't know if you saw, but – Russ Gamester, our guys, our guy from last episode. I don't know if this is the same Russ Gamester, but apparently he finished right in front of me in the D main at the Chili Bowl this year, and I, I had no idea. I don't know if it's the same guy. I, I did see it, but it just goes to show you how um, 
little that I know about dirt racing and how unaware I am uh, at all times because there are 300 drivers or whatever at this Chili Bowl, or it seems like 300 drivers. And yeah, apparently me and Russ were out there dueling it out and uh, I finished right behind him in a D main at the Chili Bowl, which is hilarious. I did see that and I was like, I can't tell this person is making fun of me for not knowing or or hating me. Yeah, I was like, what, what is going on here? But that's why, yeah, on our account, I was on Speed Street uh, Pod, which follow us at Speed Street Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I was just like, yeah, Joey knows he's newbie in the, the racing game because I didn't know who they were making fun of. So I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I think I think because the, the person doesn't follow me. So I was like, oh, this person might be mad that I don't know that this person raced against me. And I said – I mean, I feel I felt really bad, honestly, because I was like, "Shoot, I should probably know this," but it's hard to know all these folks. I, I, it's not like there's a introduction ceremony at every D main sure. event. <laughs> well, which, by the way, dude, you need to follow Speed Street. You don't even follow Speed Street. What on Twitter? You don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't, dude. I, well, I will now. <laughs> I, I didn't even on- realize that. The funny thing is, I haven't followed anyone on Twitter in years like I actually don't I just for some reason I I don't follow anyone else on Twitter I'm just like yep I followed I follow 500 people and that's all I need to follow so now I have to figure out who I need to unfollow to get back to 500 (laughs) okay that's your thing I didn't know that was your thing yeah but just make sure me and Speed Street are still in there well I guess it didn't have to and you you need to follow me I I need you're in there yeah um all right Let's get into random Indy 500 driver. So, you know what? I feel like we need to go to a more recent event now because uh, now we're getting a bunch of shade for not knowing that real people are still racing out in the dirt. And, and um, you know, that's tough. I feel bad about that. Um, but there's a, a, uh, a driver that for sure I think did a lot when I was growing up, when I was watching uh, Jimmy Kite. Uh, come through the uh, Indy 500 uh, several different times. Jimmy Kite, small fella, but uh, I always remember Jimmy Kite seemed like the underdog to me. Uh, I was, I was, I was like, you know what? Jimmy Kite's in the race again. Here we go. And uh, another, another dirt guy as well. And I respect Jimmy Kite because Jimmy was out here grinding to get in the Indy 500 all the time uh, in, in the IndyCar series as I was growing up many, many years. And Joey. Did you had you heard the name Jimmy Kite before? I had not. I had not heard well, Jimmy Kite. So this is your guy. So th- you're you're one of your guys. One of your guys, Jimmy Kite. I always cheered for the underdogs. He debuted the Indy Racing League IndyCar Series in '97. Competed in 34 IndyCar races, including five Indianapolis 500s. Um, do we have his results there? Let's see. <laughs> I don't always. Here we go. Got it. Hey, look at look at Jimmy Kite here. All right, 1998, his first Indy 500, started 26th, finished 11th. There you go. Uh, 2003, he started 32nd in the last row, and he finished 13th. Yep. Jimmy Kite, solid, solid, solid guy. Yeah, a little mover and shaker there, Jimmy Kite, in a few years. Yep. So I, I, I always remember Jimmy Kite from back in the day because this is that this is very much my era of growing growing up at the track, trying to see you know who's going to make the field, who's uh, you know who's not, and um, and it was always cool to see uh, you know Jimmy Kite showing up and jumping in and, and piloting race cars. I love it. There it is, Ricky yeah. Fenway, random Indy Five Hundred driver of the week. That is Ricky. Jimmy Kite, excuse me, Jimmy. Kike. <laughs> um, cool man. Well, I'm going to get back to my vacation here and uh, watching some NASCAR, listening to some NASCAR probably. Um, Everybody, thank you for listening. Thanks for being with us. More great things to come with this pod, with month of May content. We might only have one more show, I believe, until we are officially in the month of May. So very excited about that. Remember to follow us at Speed Street Pod, both on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Follow us, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Leave us a rating. Leave us a review as we get closer to May and fully into the racing season. Uh, yeah. there's, 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 there's things popping up. There's, there's heightenedness happening uh, with Speed Street. So we need to get those ratings up, continue to get them up. We really appreciate it. Uh, Connor, anything else from you, my man? You know what? 
just make sure you tune into the Barber Motorsport Race next Sunday. It's uh, going to be a good one. We got to keep our TV momentum going. Be a friend, tell a friend. Get the televisions on to IndyCar Racing because we know it's going to be tough to find commercials to tell you that it's on. So make sure you can do your research on the internet and, uh, and tell every bar that you go to that uh, they need to turn the IndyCar race on because they're going to be impressed. Or even if it's not, tell them, well, do that, but a simple retweet, you know? Retweet yep. the uh, IndyCar on NBC. Retweet us when we're uh, promoting the race out there. Get, catch a few more eyeballs. Really appreciate it. All right, Counter Daily. I'm Joey Molinaro. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next time on Speed Street.